Hey, what's going on? This is your wrestling podcast fix. Follow us on Facebook at 10 Wrestling Pro Wrestling Discussions, on Twitter at The Inziguri, and catch new episodes of The Inziguri on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud.com. And coming soon, we have the 2300 Podcast with DB Richards, the Basement Dropkick with Fran Lazardic, and Fantasy League Season 5. How's it going? Doing great. That's good. Same here. Okay, uh, welcome to another episode of the Insiguri Podcast. It is Sunday, March the 15th. This is Fran, and to my, well, it's the only other person here, we have the light of enthusiasm, the oracle of the independence, the lover of all sequels with the number two. Deuce. D.B. Richards, give it up. So, before we start, uh, I had to play a theme. I had to play a theme for one reason. Wouldn't it, isn't it just a missed opportunity when Ambrose was around and he said this was a terrible idea, having the look looking like Bane, and and now it would actually be quite appropriate for him to wear his mask. Yeah, it would be. Yes. Yeah. See, Vince McMahon, he's he's a visionary. He could see into the future. He knew this was going to happen. Yeah, I think he did. He's he's the Oracle of um, Simpsons world. You know what I mean? Yes. So. Word of advice to everybody out there. Wash your asses. <clears throat> Wash my asses? Yes. There was somebody actually had a uh, had a meme on Twitter, or not Twitter, Facebook. It says something like, you had two guys in the biohazard suits, and they're all like, man, look at all these dead people everywhere. And then the other person goes, man, but their asses are so clean. <laughs> I don't understand that. But then again, it's the same kind of um, phenomenon that you get when it snows outside and everybody wants to get milk and bread. Now everybody wants to get toilet paper. Hey, you always need toilet paper. Yes, this is true. This is very true. But my favorite thing is like to have toilet paper when you TP somebody's house. Absolutely. On a serious note, whether or not you are a believer of science or if you are a conspiracy theorist or everything... Stay responsible and keep your shit together. Everything will be okay. Yeah, it's just Wag the Dog. Have you ever seen that movie? The government's trying to take over the world. I'm telling you. But you don't take over the world by telling everybody. You see, because somebody... No, you know what? This was a funny one. This oh, is a, shit, I'm a, dead. No, 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 no. This is a funny one. You're going to tell me Hillary's going to kill me, right? Nah, I don't even... No, we're not talking about Hillary Clinton right now. We're not talking about any politics. Oh, okay, okay. We're talking about how somebody says, oh, this is going to be economic boost. Economic boost to what? The, the people purging price or uh, gouging prices on Amazon. Hey, hey, you want to know one good thing about this whole virus thing? Gas prices are cheap. Oh my gosh, they are extremely cheap. And if you want to take a flight to Los Angeles, you can get a ticket round trip for under $40. But enough of advertising for airlines we have another thing we need to advertise yeah you want to start it off because i can't read from here oh you're gonna make me work yes because my phone's charging right now that's great 
All right, so we got Royal Tees and Custom Apparel is the official sponsor of the Enziguri podcast. Just go to RoyalTeesCustomApparel.com and we will spell this out for you. R-O-Y-A-L-T-E-E-S-C-U-S-T-O-M-A-P-P-A-R-E-L. Place your order online for our latest podcast apparel. When placing your order, use the promo code Enziguri, and we'll spell that for you. E-N-Z-U-I-G-I-R-I. Enziguri. Yeah, that's right. That's correct. Good. And get 10% <laughs> off your purchase of $25 or more. you to make me actually say this shit. Yeah. So... What are you waiting on? Get your latest Enziguri apparel now and call 1-800-597-2517. Tell them we sent you. Oh, that's great. Oh, guess what? We're wearing our shirts right now. You're wearing your Jurassic Park shirt. I'm sorry. I cannot be the I cannot be the supporter of fake news, dude. You see? I got to keep it straight down the middle. When we get the shirts, you're going to wear it every day now. I'm not going to wear it every day. I'm making you wear it every day. You're not making me wear it every day. Then I'm going to wear it every day. Oh, whatever. However, the, the logo, logo's pretty sweet. I will say that. Not, not everybody thinks so, but we think so. That's what matters. Oh, who doesn't like it? You, you told me the other day you said somebody had a head. Oh, uh, one person did. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's not We got a... I don't know how much this can actually pick up again. This thing could pick up my dog upstairs. I don't know why I think it's not picking you up. Uh, uh, so, um... Yeah, we got somebody on tonight. What time was he, uh... Um, 7.45. He's ready around then. 7.45. Well, we got some time. So, instead of waiting, we could actually just chit-chat about some stuff. Let's chit-chat about the possibility of WrestleMania being postponed or canceled. See, well, actually, no, 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 no. Before, uh, not to cut you... Actually, to cut you off... Icon's convention and House of Hardcore was canceled. Or it wasn't canceled, but it was postponed. Don't have a date yet. But um, everybody that I have at the table could be a lot better next the next time they announce. Because we could have had a couple more people to the group. Yeah, but it's just... Dreamer actually had a... He, he had a message online and he was just like, No, make sure everybody go wash your hands. But he's the one that eats um, candy off the floor. I know, he's the one that drinks Undertaker's spit. <laughs> Dude, he does, like, the, the dirtiest things. As a matter of fact, Tommy Dreamer should be immune to the coronavirus. <laughs> I bet he is. <laughs> I wonder how Sam is taking He's like, oh, man, I got the coronavirus, and he downs another beer. <laughs> but WrestleMania could be canceled, or it might not. So, See, this is, so this is what they're saying for it, and... The company is not going to cancel it themselves. They're waiting until they basically have no choice. Correct. And a lot of people are saying now, I mean, they're saying it's for insurance purposes. Because if they cancel it, they can't collect on it. And if they do cancel or if, it, if they don't have a choice, then they, they can make claim, you know, that it was a natural disaster. Or not natural disaster, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, um, somebody's not all over the floor. Yeah. But I will wait till two weeks from now, and then... Two weeks from now, we're all going to have the T-Virus. God damn. Yeah. It's going to be like Raccoon City. Raccoon City. God damn. Ain't that a video game? Yeah. Ain't that like... What is it? What is it? Dawn of Dead or something? I don't know. 
You've got to be kidding me. Come you on. You don't know Resident Evil? Resident Evil, that's it. Man, I can say yes. Come on. God, who, who plays Resident Evil like that? Not me. What are you talking about? I play Batman. <sighs> Pac-Man? Batman. You said Pac-Man first. I said Batman. You said Pac-Man. And I was about to say, my mom used to play Pac-Man all the I time. I play Pac-Man too. Pac-Man's cool. Yeah. But Batman. I play Batman and Spider-Man. And, and Everybody's played at least one Resident Evil game. No. I don't like zombies. They freak me out. Resident Evil 4 doesn't have zombies. Okay. Anything that has viruses scared the crap out of me. I watched Outbreak. <sighs> you gotta live a little, man. Okay. My whole, my whole thing about WrestleMania, I'll wait two weeks. If it's not done by then, then I won't cancel anything. And I think everybody just was too... Like, what's, what's that word when you... Jacklate too early? Premature. <laughs> no, but this is the problem. It's the fact that, like, it's it's literally the case of, like, people going... It's the ones that whenever there's a major snowstorm or whatever... Yes. And when the snowstorm doesn't happen, they're kind of disappointed. Mm-hmm. So it's like... It's almost like the people are like... No, I want something to happen because my life is so fucking boring that I need the end of the world to entertain me. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. But um, but the toilet paper thing was a giant joke. Oh, that's hilarious. Like two guys started like going out there saying, "Oh my gosh, I don't have toilet paper!" and people went crazy. The media didn't tell people to get toilet paper. Everybody's like, "Oh, it's the whole media storm." But my whole thing is. They're going at the tall paper, but they're not going at the tie pots. Dude, how are you going to wash the clothes? They got the zombie pop clothes all over you, the virus, T. Nelson, <coughs> all over your clothes. Well, how are you going to wash it? How are you going to wash it off without detergent? Oh, you're, you're praying again. That's a very good question. I don't know. You have to bust out the zombie apocalypse survival kit. And you need to watch out for that T. Nelson virus. Shh. Serious, man. It's nothing to do with T. Nelson virus. What are you talking about? T. Nelson, you know, the guy from Coach. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You're going to name drop Coach, the show, which, my God, I can't believe that anybody remembers that show. But you don't know shit about Resident Evil. God. I do have the movies. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. And they weren't that great. So I never... Mila Jovich is awesome. Oh, she's sexy as hell. I yeah. loved her in Dawn of Days and Confused. Yeah, and that one scene off of Resident Evil, the uh, the, the the laser scene, that was classic. Yeah. Although that was like a rip from Cube. Yeah, anything happens. Man. Hey, you remember Cube? The movie Cube. Yeah, yes. the movie's awesome too. It's, it's hard to find. Yeah, just... I'm sure they got a second Charles. <laughs> no, they don't. I, I found it and I bought it. Ah, you bought the old... Oh, my gosh. This thing is... Oh, my gosh, dude. Is that the virus? Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, shit. You better, contam- you better decontaminate. You gotta get some hand sanitizer. 
Oh my god. No, so SmackDown, and they're gonna be doing the same thing with Raw. They, you know what? They actually had a. They had the they had NXT's last show at the Performance Center also, but they did have like a small crowd for that, and I kind of liked it because their full sale crowd is already small as it is, so it wasn't as noticeable as when we're watching SmackDown and there's nobody in the crowd. <laughs> But like I enjoyed it. I don't know why. I thought um my my favorite moment was Nikki Cross when she was trying to get the crowd over. Come on, let's go, let's go. She's like stomping on. But everything. it just it just goes to show how important a crowd is because them like trying to wrestle it just looked weird. It looked like a rehearsal. <laughs> my favorite was when Daniel Bryant and up <laughs> Drew Gulag were walking down and Drew's going like this. And Daniel Bryan's like, to what? There's no way out of here. And then he got him doing it. Yes, yes, yes. And then Michael Cole was getting, like, so much shit from Triple H. You could tell Triple H was just trying to have fun with it because that's the most he can do right now. We had, and I think the WWE's doing the right thing. Made the crowd smile over what's going on right now in this world. They're going to have a Saudi mania. It's just going to happen. Do you think it's going to be the first ever Saudi Mania? Let's put a vote out there. Think about it. Because the production values they put for the Saudi shows is on par with WrestleMania. I mean, they do ridiculous stage setups for their shows. They should just do a whole year over there. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Hey, Revival, we're really going to give you a reason to leave. (laughs) Oh, they're, they're done. I'm kind of curious also as to when what what AEW is going to do because AEW has a um they have a venue that they can use themselves also. Yeah. That you know if they need but I I was saying to you earlier though I think they need to do a two two hour episodes of being the elite. They're already used to doing bullshit on YouTube and everything so they might so they could do that and it's not unusual for them. Uh, or, or or better yet, like uh, what Bray Wyatt was saying on Twitter when he was like, if if we can't have a WrestleMania, if, if I can't have a WrestleMania match against John Cena, I want to fight him at the Hooters. I'm not kidding. <laughs> John Cena versus Bray Wyatt at the Conquerville Hooters. <laughs> Attitude adjustment on the titties, on the titties. The titties, oh my God. <laughs> Uh, I think we just pick and choose when this is a family show, and then all the times we just don't care. Nah, maybe. Maybe we don't care, but... Like like the one episode where we were like, Jamak, watch your fucking language. <laughs> uh, where where has he been? Enjoying his time off from the Apple store, because uh, they got they got paid time off, so... Uh, that's not bad. Yeah. So I'm going to go to Christiana Mall to go get a phone at Apple. You think they'll be there? Not now, because they're closed. Oh, man, that's they're not closed. fair. They're closed for any How dare them not give me an Apple phone? I know. You go up there and just... Well, the Apple store online is still open, so... Oh, yeah, that's too much... Too much hassle. They don't tell me anything. And people got to mail it out. And you got to make those people work. I love how my job is like, Hey, you got overtime this week. Of course you don't have to show up. <laughs> <laughs> Mandatory, uh, voluntary mandatory. overtime. <laughs> I'm waiting for Uber to go. You guys can't go out. We're going to pay you for the rest of the two weeks. <laughs> You're hilarious. 
if they did that and Lyft did the same thing, like we'll pay you guys to they stay home. It. They ain't doing that shit. Right about now, they're probably like, man, we really should have had it where we were, uh, where we classify them as actual employees. Because now <laughs> nobody wants to drive. <laughs> Dude. I think tomorrow is going to be interesting. I really picture some long trips. I might take one. I'll take long trips. And I hope they sneeze in the back of the car and go, Achoo! Here, here's some hand sanitizer. Please wash your hands. And then, and then later on this week, we need, a tri- we need to take a trip to L.A. <laughs> we need to take a trip to L.A.? Get, get a rental vehicle over there and just, Oh, we could do some lift over there. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get two cars and drive around. And we'll be, we'll be in traffic waiting. To go on. Dude, this this traffic sucks, man. What the hell are we doing? We got we gotta walk to the uh the Hollywood stars. And you said you wanted to go to the Trump one. Wasn't yeah. that one smashed with a sledgehammer? Did yeah. they did they fix it? I think they fixed it, I'm not sure. Yeah. I was gonna put I was gonna put down no. my president Dude, on Dude, you have to go there with for one reason only. To take a picture next to Vince McMahon's star. Oh my gosh. You're going to go all the way to California just to do that and then go home the same day. (laughs) You know, I I think I would be going down to every single star just because I would love to look for Clark Gable or um, Sammy Davis Jr. or... I'm seriously, I'm seriously thinking about taking advantage of these really cheap flights and just taking a trip for like two days. (laughs) Because that's some really dirt cheap... You spend more in a day than it would cost for a flight over to the West Coast. Oh my gosh, will somebody let us um, stay with them? <laughs> Do you know anybody? I was looking at the prices of uh, hotel rooms. They're not that bad. Not that bad. You probably get like a four-star hotel room for like 70 bucks. Oh. So. Who else wants to come with us? Exactly. Who's coming with us? That's and Lupia's staying home. That's 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 what we would put the funds towards, <laughs> so we could take some pictures out that way. We're gonna go find Joey Ryan's house. We'll be right back. Or 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 better yet, that's uh we got we we gotta do a a, a West Coast episode. Oh my gosh, you know what'd be funny? Going over to the West Coast, and be like, hey, guess what, everybody? We are gonna find all the wrestlers' homes over here. Here's the Mrs. House. Yeah, and then the Miz goes, get the fuck, get the fuck away from my house. We're trying to do an interview with you, Miz and Maurice. Can we have an interview with you? I actually, oh, I actually did want to, um, I did see how much it would be for uh, Albuquerque, because I've always wanted to go back there again. And um, <laughs> they're, they're a little more expensive. I mean, there's some trips that are, like, actually really close by. Like, a trip to New York City is still expensive, so... It just, it's really weird, like, how some of them are just dirt cheap and the others are, like, still normal price. I would love to go to, um, Disney World, but they're closed. You can, dude, you can reenact, you can reenact National Lampoon's vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Be like, closed, fuck you, Mickey Mouse. (laughs) (laughs) This is a quest, a quest for fun. (laughs) 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 Fucking coronavirus. (laughs) Damn you for ruining everything. All the independent shows been been canceling. H2O just had a show last night. They're like, Coronavirus, you are fired. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. 
Yeah, so Monday Night Raw should be interesting. They're going to be doing that at the Performance Center also. <laughs> see Brock Le- I want to see Paul Heyman cut a promo. Ladies and... Wait, never mind. My name is Paul Heyman. <laughs> My name is Paul Heyman. And you really don't need to know anything else. And Steve Austin is supposed to make an appearance. Oh, dude, that'd be cool. No crowd, Austin. No, watch it. What? No, 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 no. <laughs> that's when that's when Triple H says, what? What? Because you know he's going to be there again. Oh, my gosh. This will be funny. Triple H is having fun with it, and I love it. Meanwhile, Vince is losing his mind because he had to cancel the XFL season. God damn, I have to go back to WWE. <laughs> XFL was doing good too. They had some really good stuff. Yeah, they did. So they're, de- I mean, they'll definitely be back next season. Oh, they already said they're back yeah. next season. I wish they they will play playoffs right now. You know what I mean? Playoffs. You yeah. know what they need to do? They need to show stuff from their first season. <laughs> from their first season back in the, from their only season back in the day. Oh. No, you hate no, me? no, no, no. You know what? That's that's when the that that's when the um, executives go. No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you want people to continue watching, not drive them away. <laughs> so it's been a good day. How was how was your day besides taking naps and oh uh, naps. Yeah, yeah, naps. Naps are always good. That makes for a really good day. Yeah. The cat over there is taking a nap. Yeah. At least at least we know the animals can't get the, the virus. Yeah, they just get other things. Yeah. Mean meanwhile they're all like Yeah, we don't have to worry about all these sicknesses, but we can't have chocolate. What kind of what kind of life can you live without chocolate? <laughs> I don't know. Some dogs eat chocolate. Yeah, we call them stupid idiots, okay? <laughs> Mm, you know po- dogs can't have grapes either? It's like, mmm, poison. You know grapes are poison for dogs? Too? I got a question. How is it that dogs can't have chocolate or grapes, but they can't catch shit? I don't know. Like, what? what is up with that? I don't know. I really don't know. I, I just know, like, I was like, hey, can dogs get it and have a grape? Because I dropped a grape on the ground and my dog ate it. And then I looked it up and I'm like, oh, dogs are not allowed to have grapes. Never uh, mind. Well, not in excessive quantities. If they have one, I'm sure it'll be okay. Yeah. That's same, like chocolate. Yeah. Same thing with chocolate. You can't have too much of that. Then again, too much... Then again, people having too much chocolate is not a good thing. Everything will be bad for you if you have too much of it. Except for money. Money? I always like money. Yeah. Money, money, money. Money. So. Wrestling... Is dead right now. It's. I'm kind of bored. I wish. Um, what is Impact going to do? Because we haven't heard from Impact or, or. Um, Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor or NWA. I think everybody's just kind of taking a break right now. What about Shakara? Shakara hardly even does any shows these days. No, they still do shows. Yeah. It's mostly up north. But it's not on a regular schedule, so. Like right now, like Mike Quackenbush is like, the virus took the whole locker room. We tipped, we're taking too much off. <laughs> What's Cyrus the virus thinking? That's a good question. 
It's not a virus, because I am Cyrus the virus. Let's see, what time is it? It's um, 7.46. Oh, okay. Okay, I got some 68 minutes. Da -da -da. Okay. Oh, we're recording? Yeah. yeah. Ah. Hey, how you doing? Shh. Why, what's going on? That's yeah, my librarian impersonation. Shh. Okay. Let's, let's give a ring. Oh, we got a ring going on. Look, it's ringing, ring, ring, ring. Hello, sir. How are you doing today? Good, man. How are you? Doing great. So, um, welcome to the Integrity Podcast. Oh, well, thanks for having me. First off, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, I, I like what you guys do in um, Delaware. You know what I mean? One CW is a good, nice little promotion out there. Thanks, man. We try really hard. You know, last uh, few shows, we kind of cemented that we are the top drawing company in Delaware. So that's pretty dope. And we're working really hard to continue to bring fans the best talent in the area, the best storylines, and the best we can do. Okay. How did you get into the business? Uh, well, I actually used to do a podcast. Um, it was called Exposed Turn Podcast. Okay. And... Um, I interviewed a guy named Patrick Parents. He owned, at the time, a company called Baltimore Championship Wrestling. They hadn't ran a show yet. And at the end of the interview, I mean, we talked for like maybe three hours. And at the end of the interview with him, he uh, he asked me if I wanted to come on as a booker. And he didn't really have the sense to put stories together and everything. So I came on and uh, soon after the company folded because he didn't pay the taxes on the company. So soon after the company folded... Then me and Hardy linked up, and we both admired what each other did, and we went on from there. How long has the company um, been around for? Uh, one CW's been around. See, one CW's been around for like, I want to say like, eight, ten years, somewhere in there. Um, but he had a bad back problem. Hardy, as he pronouns out, um, Hardy had a bad back problem. So unfortunately, he had been out of the business for about, I want to say, two, maybe three years before. Me and him talked, and he wanted to revitalize the brand, and we stepped right up, and we just shot off again. Okay, okay. So, um, I I I just love the the talent you guys have and everything else. You know what I mean? Um, so I I didn't put any um notes together today because I want to know about how they put a show together. You know what I mean? Oh. That yeah. I think that'll be fun to do. You know what I mean? Who who yeah, does definitely. that? So definitely. like. So, how do you put a great show together for the fans to know, like, every piece of piece? Is, like, do well, do do most companies kind of follow the same steps, or is it, like, just different for everybody? Well, I mean, I'm sure it's different for everybody. I've only worked for two companies, so I'm sure it's different for everybody. It also probably pertains state to state, depending on your licensing and your licenses and your permits and stuff like that. For example, in Maryland, we had licenses, so we had to actually call the 
uh, commission and the commission would have to check the venue, make sure the venue was good. And then once they checked the venue, said it was good, we gave them a date. They said they had a doctor and a representative available. Then they would go ahead and clear us for it. We would have to put the license on the or the uh, license holder's name on the uh, flyer. And then we could start advertising. We start booking talent for the show, but we couldn't do it before this. In Delaware, you have to get a permit. So actually in Delaware, um, I have to write everything out in order to get the permit. So I have to book all the talent first, book the venue first, make sure my ambulance is straight first, even give the finishes to the matches before I can get a permit to start advertising. I can change it, but if I change it, I have to document everything day of and then send them an updated what happened after the show. Wow, that sounds complicated. It's always something, man. So, um, I mean, basically for us, what we did was we got a, when we first started, it's easier once you get into it, but to run a first show, what we did was, you know, we got a venue, we booked the talent, got the permit, uh, flyered, 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 went out, did groundwork, social media, busted our asses and put on a show. And that was our first comeback show, as I call it, was September 29th, 2018. And since then, we've run at least monthly or bi-monthly, depending on the time of the year, since then. And right now, we're drawing between 250, 300 bands every show for the last five shows before that. It's steadily increased. Our first two shows, I'm not going to lie, we're, I think we drew 120 our first show, and we drew really bad our second show. I think it was like 100. And um, it was like kind of a coming out, if you will. Um, I looked at Hardy, and I was like, hey, man, there are some things I think that are, we're doing that really aren't adding up. And he agreed. And I kind of... I wouldn't say I took over more. I kind of took the book over a little bit more. Not saying Hardy was bad at it any stretch. He had more of an old school sense to it. I had more of a new school sense to it. And I put a little bit more effort on the new school while keeping the old school, keeping his views in mind, and mixed it in that way, kind of pushed forward. Um, And we kind of just went from there. So um, it was... (laughs) I, I know, I mean, this is kind of slight, slight uh, sidetracking, but so on the last episode of SmackDown, how they had the empty arena and everything, and so um, I think it was, like, one of them, somebody went on went online, I think it was uh, Seth Rollins or whatever, he posted something talking about, like, or no, it was Sami Zayn, he posted something talking about, like, oh, you know, with the empty arena, let's think about, like, you know, when, back in the day when we were doing, like, independent shows in front of like so many people and Rollins mentioned a story of he was like yeah you know Jamie Noble one time did a show in front of 15 people so somebody could sell some DVDs but so like in in the aspect of what what would be considered a good crowd like I mean because we're all used to hearing like you know much larger numbers for like an independent promoter what would be a good number um I always say and this is just me speaking on me I'm not speaking for everybody but if you ask me, I take my budget and I figure out how many tickets I need to sell in order to cover my budget and then double that number. And that would be an amazing crowd. Um, I always and this is just me talking again. I try to give more bang for the buck. So anything anybody's doing in Delaware, I'm going to one up you. So fancy, for example, um, and Delaware fans and, De- and the fans in this area are a little bit different um, than other people. And I'll say that and, and maybe you can kind of keep up with me on what I mean. In this area, our our uh, our average median uh, dollar ratio, like people what they earn per year, is around thirty five to forty thousand. That's average um, person. So there's a lot less, and of course a lot more. 
but it averages about 40000 So what I try to do is keep a good price, but I try to keep a better than the competition. So a lot of people want to do bang for your buck. Because if you're taking your kids out, you want to try to get as much money, uh, much stuff as you can for your money. Yeah. So, for example, a lot of the other companies in the area, they run eight-show cards, which is great. I'd rather run an eight-show card, too. But I do ten because when the kids are, like, I heard this, for example, when a mom was talking to another mom, she was like, yeah, I go to this show because the kids get to see ten matches. They get to see ten groups of wrestling things instead of at the other show. They only get to see eight, and I feel like I'm getting more for my money there. So it costs me a little bit more. But I tend to draw more now, so I'll take it like that. I always try to get double whatever my uh, whatever my cost is. I always try to get double the tickets, and that's a great crowd. So it all depends on what your budget is, I would assume. So what is your main uh, main budget anyway? Like, is it like up there in like thousands, or is it going? Is um, is it like the um? Oh, I'm sorry, God. <clears throat> I won't uh, I won't like put the number out there, but I'll say this. Um, unless you're owning the building, your budget's probably, I mean, to put on a good show, to pay your workers a decent rate, you're probably, your budget's probably going to be between 2500 and 3000 If you're paying your workers good, if you're taking care of everybody, you're paying your reps, you're paying your security guards. A lot of guys don't, and I'm not knocking anybody for doing that. Don't take that wrong. But I think everybody should get a slice of pie. If you're putting time and effort into this, everybody should get a slice of pie, and I try to take care of everybody I can. Because like um, I I was planning on doing the, the um icons on convention, uh-huh. and um, like one of the wrestlers um told me how much he was, and then somebody else is a different price. Do you does uh, what was going to try to say about that? Um, just just go just just lay it out. My tongue tied. Yeah, just lay it out. So um, so like they give you the price and all for the show. It, are you cho- like uh, I don't know you know by shopping it is that what you're saying yeah shopping yeah yeah no I mean if a guy tells me a price and I think he sells that many tickets or he could be worth that much I'm okay with it but there are guys where they send me a number and I'll either say I can do this or I'll say okay I'll see about in the future maybe there are some guys who overprice themselves there's nothing wrong with that because some of the guys have to come through tolls and pay their gas and they want to make a little bit of money and they want to cover their food and there's nothing wrong with anybody setting their own price you know you know what you're worth put it out there but you might not be worth to me in this area what you're worth in that area and that's where the uh kind of eh lies okay well something else from a business standpoint and and not not saying that anybody in particular like it's just would you say the you know when somebody says okay i'm gonna I'm going to shoot much higher than what I expect and just see what the promoter is going to offer me. And that's probably actually going to be realistically what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, um, some guys do that. Some guys shoot start at a high price, which again, like, Hey, do whatever you feel is best. I always feel if a guy shoots me a number and I know it's way high. And let's say, for example, I've talked to another promoter and they paid them way less. I just kind of <coughs> don't even answer them because I just feel disrespected by that person. Um, there's one worker I have in mind that uh, I was paying decent money to. I felt was worth it. And he worked another show in the state. And I found out he worked for a lot. And I mean a lot less. So if you're going to work there for a lot less, why should I pay you what I was paying you? Yeah, because we always hear stories about, um, you know, when people talk about promoters and promotions, it's like, oh, like this, oh, this person, like they, they rip me. But then at the same time, there's stories about workers that don't show up or, like, they screw the promoters over. 
I mean, I'll say this. I've never ran a show where somebody didn't call out. At least one person didn't call out. Yeah. Well, um, e- well, even at House of Hardcore, like, I mean, Dreamer's, like, he's been open about, like, times when, especially, like, when PCO, like, screwed him over. Like, yeah, PCO did. And it was, like, something that probably should have been kept, like, to, you know, like, okay, this is business, but he was not happy about that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a it's a fine line you walk as a promoter, and I'm sure I probably broke some rules as of now just on the podcast with you guys, but I'm pretty much an open book, so if anybody ever asks me, I kind of tell them. But uh, it's kind of, you know, just working through everything, making sure you work with good people, trustworthy people, making sure your numbers match up. And at the end of the day, like, we have pay sheets and everything. We, pay, we have waivers and pay sheets, so they sign it. So there's never a guy that can be like, you fucked me on pay. Well, bro, I got your signature right here that says I did. So talk to me what's up gotcha yeah like whenever uh like recently when dave and i have jumped into the whole aspect of anything having to do with having a budget and it's like yeah there's you got to get down to the minute details with this so you know it's not like hey there's 20 dollars missing like you know everything's on paper yeah and every i do all booking through messages i don't do phone calls i do stories via phone call so that way they can't screenshot it and send it to somebody and i do budgets through text message that way i have proof that this is what you said yeah okay do you pay your um wrestlers before the show or after um it depends on their loyalty to me and how long they've been working for me there are some guys i pay before there are some shows i pay before for example if i'm in the main event um working as a manager or doing something i will always pay them before so oh Oh. Yeah, first. Oh, there it goes. Okay. Okay. You still there? Hey. Yeah. yeah. My bad. I don't know what happened there. I was talking and it just cut out. I guess I don't know. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, it was spot. It's the. Yeah. The. Yeah, I think the phone was like, "Hey, you're you're you're, saying you're, too much. you're giving out the trade secrets." Ah, there it is. There it is. Um, <clears throat> but as far as when I pay him, I don't know when I cut off, so I'll just kind of go back to the beginning. It depends on the loyalty to me, and if if there's a guy that I trust won't go over time, won't uh, do a promo un, you know, told not to, won't do X or X or won't curse at a fan, I'll pay them before because I trust them. If they're new or I have trouble with them, I'll hold it because if so, what they do does depend on their pay. Here's a uh, here's a question from like the booking standpoint because we've heard this from different promoters also or like people that we've talked to that um. So, when when playing out the show and like getting down to the actual matches part, are are, are you are you the somebody that um kind of gives the workers a little more leeway, or is it like a a little bit okay? For example, when we were talking to somebody that's worked with uh, Mike Quackenbush, and it was like, yes, he's he's a great creative mind, but he's very detail oriented, I guess so to speak. Like right. there there's there's an exact way that he wants things done. Right. Um, I always pitch them how I want it done. And I say, if there's a better way, if you feel there's a better way we can get to this, let's talk. And if there's, if I, you can present it to me and if I like it, we'll go with it. If we can meet in the middle, we'll go with it. But at the end of the day, I'm paying you. And if you don't like what I want you to do and that's final, you don't have to do it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like, like I remember like, um, Vince gave the um, nod to, like, um, Owen Hart didn't have to do, like, fall in love with um, Deborah in the storyline because he didn't want to mess up his 
livelihood with his wife. Mm-hmm. So they they made him the Blue Blazer after that. You know what I mean? Oh, we could talk about so many things that Vince McMahon likes to do when it comes to couples. <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. that's for a different episode. <laughs> I I don't mess with. I won't do anything that's personal that somebody I have not. If it's a personal thing, like if it's like personal, me, the workers at all involved, everybody has been cleared with. Um, there are people that I've asked to flip, go heel, turn, um, that do it, and then afterward come to me and said, I can't do this because I hurt my son's feelings, and he cried. And I go, we talked about it, you know, um, what the hell now? But at the end of the day, you just kind of work through everything and get through it. But that's also the weird thing about, like, some of the uh, independent promotions. I mean, we've talked to wrestlers about this where there are some companies where they are – like pure baby face and others are heel. So it just, it all depends on each company and what the promoter wants out of them. And just if, 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 if the yeah, if guys that I feel are better baby faces than they are heels, because I feel that way, you know, they might feel different. Some fans might feel different, but because I feel that way, that's how I want to perceive in my stories. In your opinion, um, like with, uh, with today's wrestling, is it, easier or more difficult like which one is easier or more difficult to book for the heel or the baby face i oh this is a good one so i feel it's harder to make a good heel because first off everybody wants to be the cool heel yes i I feel if you're going to be a cool heel you're a baby face that just does heel tactic and you need to be booked against heels and I feel a lot of people are like, nah, bro, I'm a heel. No, you're a cool heel. You're a baby face. When your crowd's cheering you, that means you're a baby face. But I could go all day about that. Um, so I feel being a, a legit heel, like an MJF or, or on the indies, Killian McMurphy is a perfect example. Killian mm. is an amazing heel. He will go out. He'll get the heat he needs. He's not there to be flashy. He's not there to be cute to the fans. After the show, he might take some pictures, but he's not going all out with it. Um, you see a lot of guys who are telling kids to shut up in the crowd and sit down, and then at intermission they're taking pictures with them and everything, which is like, fine, make your money, but at the same time, if you're going to be the legit bad heel, the top heel, have somebody else sell your merch, come out for two minutes. When people ask you to take pictures, say no, and kind of be heel altogether. That's what I feel anyway. Um, I feel baby faces are super easy because all you have to do is be a really good guy that the crowd can get behind. Not saying it is easy. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying I feel it's easier than being a heel in this day and age. You know what I would do? I would come out in a mask and tell the kids to get away from me and they got germs. Yeah, you got <laughs> the yeah, you got the coronavirus. You got the yeah, coronavirus. Right. Get away from me, kid. Well, 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 the other one is also depending on um each each town, which um, <laughs> whether this is something like you would want to mention or not, um, which town do you find to be like kind of difficult crowds basically where it's like okay this this is a tough crowd like we have to try to think outside the box um i know this is gonna sound super crazy but i felt that a lot of crowds i've worked in front of as a talent are super easy i feel if you are genuine your character the crowd instantly buys into it i worked the river city WrestleCon down in tampa florida and I was a heel. And the crowd instantly bought into us being heel to the point where we were getting an almost cool heel reaction to where we became the baby faces in the match. To where they were like, you know, behind us all the way. 
And it's like, okay, so, all right, we'll just do this. And they, the workers, which was the Hitman for Hire, Mr. Graham, and a guy named uh, Phoenix Fury, or no, not Phoenix Fury, um, what was his name? Was it Phoenix Fury? It was in Florida, so it wasn't Phoenix Fury. It was, his name was Phoenix something. I can't, I can't remember. But uh, if you look up River City WrestleCon YouTube, Hitman for Hire, Mr. Graham, you'll find it. Yeah. And uh, we turned babyface in the match because the crowd was so behind us. I think the harder you make it in your mind to work the crowd, the harder the crowd becomes. I feel if you just go out there and you're genuine to your character and work at the best of your ability, you'll be fine. Um, if I had to choose a crowd, the worst crowd I ever had to work in front of was a show in New Jersey that only drew like 15 people. And it was hard because a lot of people know you personally, so they're cheering for you personally and they're not really buying into your character and you're like ah this isn't working <laughs> there was there was one house of hardcore show that we went to and i think it was the first one that mjf was at and he was instantly shit on like it was like look at this fucking asshole like he's he's so awesome as a heel <clears throat> yeah he he is a genuine great heel because of the aspect because he can go out there and he has that shit eating grin and he has that physique and he does look better than you he does feel like he's better than you and he has that presence when he walks out um you know i i take my craft very seriously i'm not trying to put myself over but at to the point that the girl i'm with now her family came to shows before i met her <laughs> she was an emt at the firehouse that we ran at that's how we met she was an emt and i was wrestling there and uh well anyway long story short her sister said when i first met their family her sister who was a 35 year old woman came up to me and said i legit fucking hate you because of how oh, excuse i don't know if i cuss on here oh but, you're good uh i legit fucking hate you because of your character and i was like wow okay cool i get heat all right cool <laughs> name name the first person okay so here's here's one because when we we're, we always talk about like you know really good heels and one of them i think okay so ecwa many many years ago like um, Kevin Kelly on WWE television, he just looks like just an ordinary, you know, okay guy. And yeah. in, in the shows that he ran in ECW or the ones that he did for ECWA, I was like, oh my God, this guy is like a crazy heel. He is like just so convincing at it. But yeah. who's the first person that comes to mind that you think about, like, as far as like people that you've worked with where it's like, okay, this guy is, you know, genuine, nice guy. Wouldn't do anything wrong. But the second that the, uh, second that he comes out and like, you know, it's like, it, there's, it's kind of like a flip of the switch. Oh, that's easy. Killian McMurphy. Killian, yes. from the, the moment he's in the back, you know, he's cool. He's joking around with you. As soon as he hits that curtain, shut up, you shut up, you know, that uh, whole thing. And he doesn't even have to say you shut up. He just says the craziest stuff that makes everybody pop in a bad way like just the heat that he can receive is is great he he does it almost nonchalantly it's really cool yeah he's really good huh? i love watching yeah. him is there anybody who's um a uh i'm trying to come up um method acting okay so there was one episode that we did and i forgot who we were talking to but they were talking about when they had a conversation backstage with perry uh, perry saturn and they said Saturn was cool as shit. Like everything was everything was great, friendly, real friendly guy. But there was just one point in time where that all just changed and all of a sudden it was like, Am I even talking to the same guy? <laughs> yeah, um I had a, a former 
former WWE star that was like that who um, just came off the plane just such an arrogant piece of crap and just, oh, like, I hated being around him. Um, it was my first show I'd ever helped run. It was the first show the company had ever ran. This was BCW. And the dude literally just shit all over us. And we're like, hey, man, you know, this was our first show. Like, instead of shitting on us, why don't you give us advice? And it got to the point where he was, like, just shitting on us so bad that I walked out of the, the locker room. And it was just disturbing. And it was like, then I met, I seen him a couple months later. We hung out for a little while. It was a totally different dude. Like, totally different dude. And then I've seen him at a couple shows together, and we've been cool. But it was like, that night, I don't know what was... I mean, we worked another show together. He had the same attitude problem, I guess, when he's working for you. It's different. But when, you know, you're just cool with him, he's cool. But it was so crazy, the switch that he had. Well, we've all had stories about, like, even even when it comes to being being fans toward... Like, okay, so so everybody always hears the classic story of, like... I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to remember one. Um, okay, there was a WWE show in Philly, and I think Billy mentioned this on his uh, on his Facebook one day. He says, "Yeah, you know, we were just eating at the uh, at the Denny's or whatever, and Mark Henry was there, and it, and it was like, okay, so somebody like Mark Henry would probably realize that people would probably want to go up to him and get an autograph, and other times it's like, well, maybe he just wants to eat his meal and not be bothered. You know, it's like." There's some days where people could probably be like, yeah, this is an issue. And then others is like, no, he just wants to be left alone and people should have that right, you know? Yeah, um, it's it's insane for them guys. I, I feel for them. Like, I've taken guys that I've booked out to dinner and stuff, and it's insane the amount of people that try to bother him and stuff. And, and I do feel bad for him because it's like, hey, they, they're just trying to live their lives right now. Like, chill. Like, you know, they have meet and greets for this kind of reason. So, yeah. Um, it's kind of six one way, half dozen the other, I guess. Like, sometimes it's probably really cool to be sitting down at dinner and a guy come up and say how big of a fan he is and wonder if he can get his autograph. And other times it's probably like, hey, man, I'm just trying to eat. So I guess take the good with the bad, I assume. Yeah, I, um, I saw um, the Young Bucks and um, Davey Richards at the diner we were at. And, like, I felt weird because I'm wearing his shirt. <laughs> Davey Richards shirt. This is, one of the, this is the reason why I don't wear wrestling shirts at wrestling shows now. Because you're afraid to, you're going to run into somebody. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be a mark to Davey Richards. But you're allowed to be a mark. But I just felt. <laughs> just, I just feel weird. You know what I mean? I'm wearing his shirt, and like, hey, I'm wearing your shirt. Hi. Yeah, yeah, I I understand that wholeheartedly. Like, you know, you feel kind of weird. Like, hey, uh, I'm a real big fan of yours, and at the same time, you're like, hey, he's just a regular dude. Like, I just want to like be chill with him. So I totally understand what you mean. Yeah, I think everybody's also had the one story, at least one story where. Uh, because a friend of mine told me about this, I've, God knows how long ago, he said, yeah, my girlfriend and I, we were somewhere in, I think it was like New York or whatever, and like just walking around, and there and there, there he is, the Undertaker, just out of nowhere, and it's like, and his girlfriend says something like, man, you know, I know he's a big guy on TV, but he's a real big fucking dude. Like, <laughs> I, I, I did the same thing to Shane Douglas. Oh, you did the same thing, but it was the opposite. It's like, man, you're a lot smaller than I it's, thought. <laughs> and Shane's like, oh, thanks. I'm like, oh, no, 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 in a good way, man. I'm, and I'm thinking, oh, wait, I was, like, smaller when I was a kid, you know what I mean? Looking up to these guys, but hey. My my one, this will be my quick mark out moment, and then I'll just uh, shut my mouth. <laughs> I think I think mine had to do the fr- when I, uh, it was autograph session with Ricky Steamboat. I remember walking up to him, and I, I don't, I am not a big guy, and I just looked and I said, Okay, height. I mean, yeah, you could probably still like school me fitness wise, but like I said, 
hey, I'm actually kind of eye to eye with you. And then we were shaking hands and I said, this is the hand that have been in many wars of Ric Flair. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. <laughs> That's great. Have you, have you met anybody that you booked that you got into a Marcus role too? Or kind of got a little starstruck over yeah. maybe? Um, um, I guess I worked a show where in the back I shared a locker room with, uh, huh, I'm trying to think of, make sure I'm like, I'm trying to make sure if this is my big mark out moment. I guess I don't really like mark out too much. I just feel like they're normal people as dumb as that sounds like, Hey, we're all in this together. Uh, I guess I worked a show in which, um, Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy were in the back and I got to meet and hang out with them for a little bit. And I thought that was probably my mark out moment, um, okay. you know, growing up on them, but Otherwise, like, you know, I've never really marked out over a name or anything. I've, I've got to work with J.J. Dillon, and that was probably my favorite person to talk to, I guess, about wrestling, mm-hmm. J.J. So those two are probably my top two. I do have a J.J. story. Yeah, J.J. JJ has probably uh, forgotten more things that we know about wrestling. <laughs> J.J. has oh, yeah. a J.J. has a son that's handicapped. Yeah. And um, yep. um, my um. My brother's handicapped, so they were put. These guys came in to put in a um, chair to go up the steps for my brother, and um, they looked into my room with all the autographs hanging up there, and they're like, and they're like, "Oh, we know a um, wrestler in Delaware." I'm like, "JJ Dillon." That's the first thing that came to mind. I'm like, "Okay, I know he <laughs> yeah. lives around here, yeah, somewhere," and um, and they're like, "Oh, how'd you know?" And we did the thing right there, and I told JJ that story, and he started laughing. <laughs> Because yeah, like JJ's such a great guy. Yeah, very nice guy. But I didn't mark out. I just like I I have a story about you, <laughs> about these guys fixing the steps and for my brother to go up the steps. No, I got I could tell you a story about when you marked out. You marked out at the one. Mercenaries. No, 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 no. So, so here's a story for you about Dave. So we were at a I think it was like Wildcat Wrestling, and there was a guy named Mike Dell. <laughs> and and th- I mean, there's a lot of people that just people I were not f- people were not familiar awesome. with these guys. But for some odd reason, like Dave just took it upon himself to be the only guy cheering for Mike Dell. Uh-huh. And like, you ever have a time though, like you know, just um, I'm, I'm trying to think of another uh, another situation where um, because his logo was like the Dell logo, the computer Dell logo. You know what? I had something in mind, but it's so it's, I marked out for that really. I had something in mind. It's kind of stupid, so we'll just move along. Like, what was the next question that you had? <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> no, was, we're just talking about marking out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, when I, I got one funny ass story that I'll share. This is one hilariously great story. Okay. So, um, me, Miles Millennium, the Hitman for Hire, Mr. Grimm, we're booked on the River City Wrestling Con. Okay. And we're cruising down to Florida. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I used to take my dog with me everywhere. Because um, I lived alone. I was paying a dog sitter for a chihuahua. He was, <laughs> he was, he's less than a year old still. And um, actually, the second day I had him, I had him at a show. But we're cruising down to Florida. And I have a book bag for him. And he had been out most of the day, so like laying in the car. So I put him in his book bag so he'd get a quick nap. And I heard him crying. And we're, like, going to be late if we, if we stop. So I'm, like, we're, like, I don't know, like, 45 minutes away. I'm, like, he's fine. He's fine. He's just whining. I'm, like, he just probably wants to get out. And all of a sudden, the car just smells like shit. Oh, and shit. I'm, like, God. So we swing over. Luckily, Grim has baby wipes because he's got 
uh, all them kids. Yeah. So he's got baby wipes. So I wipe them up with baby wipes. I literally take the bottom of the backpack out, throw it out on the side of the highway, <laughs> throw my dog back in the bag after he goes to the bathroom. We're back on the road. We're cruising, right? So we get down to the show, and uh, Elijah Burke's there. I've known Elijah Burke for a while. I, like, go up to hug him. And as I'm walking up to hug him, the bag, I'm not used to the dog bag being on me. This is only like my third or fourth show with the dog. I knock Vicky Euro's pens over. And I'm like, oh, my God, Vicky, I'm so sorry. I pick up the pens. And I go, I'm so sorry. I'm just getting used to this dog. And she goes, dog? And I go, yeah. So I literally like, swing the bag around. She's like, pull him out of there. So I'm like, no. <laughs> like, we've only been here for five minutes. I was going to take him to the bathroom, make sure he's all cleaned up. She's like, yeah, get him out of there. Get him out of there. I'm like, Oh, my God. So I start taking him out of the bag. Miles and Grim dip. They leave me. They're like, we're not sticking around for this. So I am standing face-to-face with Vicky Guerrero. Her her husband was one of my biggest heroes. And I hand her my four-pound chihuahua. And she starts kissing him and playing with him and rubbing him all over. She's kissing his belly. And I'm like, please don't find any shit. Please don't find any shit. And she's like, if you want me to, I think you guys are in the first couple matches or something. I can watch him for the first couple matches. I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. He'll probably hang out in the bag, and I'll put a, uh, put a shirt over top of him. He'll fall right to sleep. She's like, no, I can totally watch him. I'm like, no, nah, I'll just take him. She's like, he smells so good. I was like, I'll just, I'll just take him and put him in the bag. Thank you so much, though. <laughs> the whole time about to piss my pants over Vicky Euro finding shit on my dog and being like, you gave me a shitty dog, you <laughs> son of a bitch. You're, you're waiting for her to take a sniff and go, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, should have oh. our, we should have ourselves a dream match. His dog against uh, one of Teddy Car- Teddy Hart's cats. Then he just legit, legit. Um, I did a manager battle royal in PA, in which I won by beating Jesus, making Jesus tap out the <laughs> night before Easter. Um, but you want to talk about some heat, boy? The blasphemy <laughs> messages I got the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even pitch the idea, and I got in trouble for it, but I digress. Um, at the end of it, I cut a promo saying I would beat any dog, cat, frog, anything that's a manager, I could beat that night. Teddy Hart came out, super kicked me, put his cat on top of me, I put his cat over. As I'm walking to the back, awesome. I go, I'm going to get a chihuahua and train him, and you're going to have to put him over. And Teddy Hart was like, I'm in. <laughs> We here, here's a Teddy Hart story. It's a very quick one. Was uh oh, I have a great Teddy Hart story after this. Then I have a great one. I guarantee yours will be a lot better than this one. This one's just a little amusing. Like so, there was the one. There was the one convention that we went at when uh, Teddy Hart was there, and this was around the time when uh, I mean, he's always had a, a reputation, obviously, but like I think around that time he was just trying to not get into any trouble. So like he was actually pretty cool when we were there, but um. The person, whoever was, like, watching over his cat that was in the container. He knocked the cat bag over? Yeah, the cat bag got knocked over or whatever. And we're all just looking, going, is Teddy anywhere around? Did he see this happen? Is the cat okay? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, if there's one thing you don't want to mess with, it's damn cats. Like, <laughs> okay, well, well, good friend of mine, Ryan Sullivan, who I met him in a crazy way at a wrestling show. But anyway, um good friend of mine he is a huge ring of honor fan and has become friends with a lot of the wrestlers like you guys are fans you guys know you come to shows you end up becoming friends with some of these guys yeah so he has become really great friends with matt taven to the point where they hang out a lot um 
And anyway, he told Matt David, he was like, hey, you, TKO, Vincent, y'all guys want to go to dinner. I'll be more than happy to take you guys to dinner after the show. Um, Matt Taven was like, it's cool if we invite a couple people. He was like, yeah, sure, I don't care. Well, about 10 wrestlers showed up, and Maria Manic was one of them. So, of course, she brought along Teddy Hart. And my buddy Ryan said, at the end of the night, it's all good. He signed the credit card. Well, he went to sign the credit card, and he's like, oh, my God, my bill is extremely high. And Teddy Hart and Maria were like, all right, we'll see you all later. And they rolled out. And he's looking, and the waiter goes up and goes, Hey, where did the guy go that was sitting here? He forgot to take home his two steak and lobsters to go. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so my man said order two steak and lobsters to go for his cats on my boy's bill. Uh, my boy was so pissed. That's fucked up and hilarious at the same time. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It, it was, like, he took the food home. He was like, yo, F Teddy Hart. You know, it was crazy. Um, I felt bad for him. And he he runs a podcast called The Nats GM. If you're into baseball at all, he's a, he works with a lot of scouts and stuff to get a really cool podcast out. Oh, dude, that's kind of so, cool. Send it over to me. I would love to listen to it. I will definitely do that. Uh, he's, a, he's a genuine dude. He, we met at a Ring of Honor show. Um, I had front row seats and they moved our section and they were trying to put us in like the third row basically. Okay. And I cut this massive promo on the security guard and the owner of the 2300 arena. And to the point where I had bought the fourth and fifth seat and they were like, you know what? We're going to upgrade two people to this, these two front rows we have. We'll upgrade two people. We'll go in numerical order. And I was like, I started cutting the promo again. I'm like, you know what? This is bullshit. You know, I bought one and two, and I went to buy three and four, and then I skipped all them to get five and six so I could be in the middle of the row. This is bullshit. You're bullshit. Like, I started, you know, going crazy. <laughs> and the guy was like, you know what? You two get the seat. And they moved me next to this guy. Never met him before. This was like five years ago. And uh, he goes, yo, that was a crazy promo you just cut on them bastards. And I was like, yeah, man. Name's Sean. He's like, name's Ryan. We've been friends ever since. I mean, he's one of my probably top five friends. <laughs> that's awesome that was really awesome oh my gosh yeah. I wish I could do that and just like I want my seat now but would you ever work, would you yeah, ever like, put a show in the 2300 would I yeah oh I would love to I, I think that building is so historic just in general it's so amazing I would love to just work there to be honest with you yeah that would be awesome you should you should do something that should be I your mean, goal I'm, uh, that would be super dope. Yeah, uh, I think you will get over and get fans out there. As as, I, I, I <clears throat> so. as a fan, did you have any uh, favorite shows that ran out of that arena? You know, I I was a huge fan of Ring of Honor from about twenty. Uh, so I was a big fan of TNA from about two thousand four till two thousand. I guess whenever Hogan came in, I think that was twenty ten. Yeah, and then I went right to Ring of Honor. And was a huge Ring of Honor fan, so I guess like my favorite shows ever run out of there was definitely Ring of Honor when they were running there and they were running there so hard. I just enjoyed them so much. I mean, I know everybody's like ECW, but yeah. I was a little too young to really like. Like now, I dive into ECW all the time, but at that time, I was a little too young to be like all in the guts and gore and the blood and the cussing. Like it was cool, but you know, it wasn't like it was a little too much for me. If that makes any sense. What's your take on hardcore wrestling? I think if it's done right and done appropriately, it's amazing. Everybody's got their own type of art. Um, you know, some people like, you know, abstract. Some people like modern. I think yeah. if that's what you're into and there are really good wrestlers to do it, I sometimes think that the blood's overused 
and that the matches are overused. I feel that there should be stories built to them. But, you know, hey, if that's what you're built on, that's what you're built on. I'm not going to hate for it. If that draws, it draws. There was, um, it was like a small exchange, I think, with like Al Snow on Twitter or whatever, talking about this, where uh, he was mentioning like, uh, wrestling fundamentals and how people just kind of get away from that. And, and there is truth to that. But, like, at the same time, I mean, the – I was trying to remember how I even worded this. I was like, wrestling ring is just kind of like a it, – it's another platform. It's it's a, it's a canvas for – everybody's got a different style and everything. So, I mean, yeah, you, you, there are certain aspects that are going to – you don't want to change those up. But at the same time, like, whenever people talk about the – kind of wrestling that's out there right now whether it be like if you're a cat you know like wwe's got their own style and um and then you have like the independence and like hardcore wrestling or even lucha libre or new japan like there's just something for everybody out there i know yeah, um, there, de- there definitely is i know like matt tremont he does well doing the hardcore stuff and all that i can i can stay in there for maybe like maybe five matches and I get bored because it's too much hardcore in my words. Well, well, that's what I mean. When it's the same, and it's the same thing with these super indie matches. If it's the same thing over and over again, that's why you know at my shows I have to age in a lot of matches to make sure that guys aren't putting the same thing out match after match or doing dives every matches or you know super kicks and Canadian destroyers. Canadian guys. destroyers, they need to stop that, <laughs> dude. It's so you want to hear the funniest thing I ever heard in my entire life? Seriously. Yeah. Uh, this just happened at my last show, which was February 29th. I had a worker say, and I quote, to another worker, nah, dog, can't take that German because I just got my, I mean, my neck's redone. It's been done for about five years, but I, I can't take a German. I feel like it might mess it up. The guy was like, all right, so what do you want to take? And he was like, I'll do a Canadian Destroyer off the top rope. <laughs> the dude wouldn't take a German suplex, but took a Canadian Destroyer off the top rope. <laughs> A German oh. suplex. Oh. This dude's like 5'3". He's not tall. You're not going far over a goddamn Canadian destroyer off the top rope. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that sounds so funny. What's your opinion on... um? Yes, yeah, like, speaking of different wrestling styles and everything. So... Anybody that watches AEW, they'll say, like, oh, they're just all about the dives and all the other stuff. I mean, we're not even talking specifically about the storylines that they run, but whatever. Uh, what do you think of them as far as their storylines and as far as their matches? I feel AEW is giving a great alternative to the WWE. I feel the WWE has become so oversaturated with itself and with what they try to do. Um, I say this and this is going to be a weird thing so it's like just bear with me what i mean um nascar is big on it now i'm a huge nascar fan i don't know if you guys are but nascar is doing a lot of it now and you're starting to see a lot more of it when you bring somebody in so young you get tired of seeing them yeah and you get tired of why they can only work so many people so many times their stories can only be so different for so long so when you've got a guy like Randy Orton, which I love, I think is the best deal probably in the WWE when he works a good story and can get going with it. But when you work him in a show and he's worked almost every program, what I mean, what haven't you seen from him? Where yeah. you've got all these young talents in AEW, but they're so young. How long can they run all these different stories? Well, I mean, I, I understand they're going to get other guys. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. But 
at this time, how many different matchups can you possibly mash together in the next three years? They're not going to go over-budgeted. So if they're only signing one-year contracts, that's cool. But let's say they've got three-year contracts on a lot of these guys. So three years to make sure a lot of these guys save up their matches, get different pushes at different times. And what I mean with the NASCAR thing is there's a lot of NASCAR drivers that are the age 28 and younger, and there are a lot of guys that are around the 48. When you've got these guys that can still go at 40, you know, you get tired of seeing them. Yeah. You got a guy like AJ Styles that's 40-ish. I think he's 42. But yeah. he's new to the WWE. Correct. So he hasn't been around for 10 years. He's been around for, I think, maybe three, four, five years, somewhere in there. So he hasn't been in all that. Where you see a guy like Randy Orton, and to the average fan, you're like, man, he's been around forever. He's been around since, like, what, 2000? We're almost going on 20 years of seeing Randy Orton. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, you know over 15 years of seeing Randy Orton at the top. So you get to a point where you maybe oversaturate one of your talents by the push too quick. And then now with the modern era wrestling and the modern era wrestling fans, you know, if he's not pushed to the top instantly, you know, they're burying that son of a bitch. So AEW is doing a good thing, I think, right now. But talk to me in a year and I'll let you know how I feel then. There was a there was something that I think it was. Brian Alvarez was mentioning on Observer Live and whether people like him or not, I actually kind of agreed with one of the things he was talking about. He, there was a topic where they were saying, like, if you look at the uh, NXT and AEW specifically and how, like, NXT obviously, I mean, they're, they they have their system down and they, they always have, like, really good matches and everything. That's never an issue. But, like, it's, it's just the overall presentation or the fact that, like, when somebody goes to WWE – for the most part, they try to, we're going to make this guy into a superstar. Like, they already have, like, you know, it's like, we're, we're going to create a superstar. But then for, like, in AEW, like, one of the things that they, like, okay, so you get a guy like Orange Cassidy. He was Orange Cassidy before he went to AEW, and they just, and they're still running with it. It's like characters that they already built up, they're still doing the same thing, just on a much bigger stage. So it was just kind of kind of a case of like, this one seems a little more scripted, so to speak, and this one it looks they're just giving like a little more freedom. But there was one of the guys we were talking to though, and this was why ever why like when people say, well, obviously like people would still want to go to WWE because you know the, the money or it's just just the exposure and everything, but the scripted nature sometimes works in people's favors like it just depends on each person yeah i mean and it goes all the way through wrestling throughout if you can adapt and you're good at working on the fly um i recommend wrestlers to take at least one improv class because there's a lot of times when guys are in the ring and they're cutting a promo or they're doing something where it's like they're so scripted in their own heads right now. Like they know what they want to say. They've got their bullet points and they're so scripted and trying to get it all out that they tend to mess up. I was a victim of that when I first started managing my promos would go so quick that I would actually end up forgetting stuff or be like quick on time because I would talk so fast and I would try to get everything out instantly where like you need to kind of calm down, take your time, work that part. And I think in the WWE, they're so scripted that the guys can't work off of each other during their promos they have to stay to the script where in AEW, they work off the crowd. They work off of each other. It's a good different vibe. It feels real. And I think at the end of the day, that's all we all want is that real feel. We want it to be real. 
when uh, Jake Roberts cut that promo on Cody Rhodes the other day, or the mm-hmm. other couple weeks ago, you felt it. You felt the realness in it. You felt Jake the Snake not having respect for Cody Rhodes, the disrespect in his tone, the way he turned his back on him. You felt it. You, you, you literally seen the hate in Jake the Snake's uh, eyes for this young prick. Where yeah. in WWE, you don't get that feeling in the promos anymore. You just don't. I mean, the interviews are all, I, th- I think they oversaturate themselves. Again, there's so many interviews and promos and this and that, and you see too much of these guys. Or in AEW, they only have one show. You're tuning in that week to see what's going on. Not everybody's on every week. Where you've got Raw, SmackDown, NXT. You've got a pay-per-view once a month. You've got this. You've got super shows. You've got all this other stuff. And they're so oversaturated. And then they've got the networks where you're always getting interviews with these little TV shows. And it's just so much of these guys that you get sick and tired of it. What do you think um, that it's just kind of a case of WWE going, well, if we oversaturate so much that people won't have the time to look at any of the other companies. Because there's only so much wrestling. I mean, there's people that can digest wrestling 24-7, but there's still, like, only so much that you can do before you go. There's a lot of stuff that I'm missing because I'm just watch- I'm watching too much as it is. I, I don't. I think WWE feels that they're giving you three different things. I really do feel this way that they're giving you three different things to watch. So if you don't like it, we have our other market that you might like. Or if you don't like that, we have our other thing that you might like. But unfortunately, it all kind of meshes together for me. To be 100% honest, I have not watched a WWE anything since I went to WrestleMania last year. I went to WrestleMania last year. I have not watched one WWE. I keep up with it on Twitter or YouTube or something every now and then. I haven't watched one WWE thing since. It's just because I feel like every time you buy into something they're doing, they kind of just kill it with something stupid. Like they recently did with um, Bray Wyatt. I'm sorry, I, did, I couldn't hear that last I word. said, uh, like what they just did with Bray Wyatt. They, yeah, um, I mean, Wyatt's thing, though, I will say this, Wyatt's story, I think if it's played out right, can be super dope and something to rebuy fans into, but they have to do it in a good, intelligent way, and that is, I think, if you do the, he lost the Goldberg, to revenge himself on John Cena. Like, he doesn't care about the title. He doesn't care about pleasing anybody. He just cares about, you know, destroying John Cena now. He knew he wouldn't do that if he was the champion, this, that, and the third. And I think the only reason they had Goldberg win is because everybody got pissed off that the Fiend lost. So everybody instantly hates Goldberg. So how do you get Roman Reigns cheered at WrestleMania? You put it on the guy who everybody's going to hate because they're tired of seeing for years and years. So now you got a guy who hopefully gets a cheer. Here's here's a different question. Going back going back to the uh, improvisate or improvising or um, mm-hmm. so we've we've seen this many times. I mean, we we even saw it on AEW. We, we were talking to Bryce Remsburg about this about like so we said okay so I mean referees obviously like I mean you you want to see that they're calling the match as a shoot as in if somebody fucks up they're still going to call the three count you know because we've seen that happen many times but like. Is there anybody that comes to mind that you've worked with or like have seen where they could take they could take us like let's say there's a spot where a wrestler mess ups and and sometimes we see it on TV and we look and it's like okay they really look like they don't know what they're doing right now because they're like oh shit we fucked up but then there's other times where it's seamless and it doesn't even look like anything wrong happened Um I mean I feel it depends on the match and who or who's working. You got to have a really good dance partner, and I feel like sometimes that might go against you just because of who you're working with. 
um, where there's a lot of guys who can work really good on the fly. Um, Grimm is one, for example, he's really good on the fly. Um, but there was one match in particular, I can't remember who he was working, but I was managing for him, and the guy got lost, and instead of doing the spot, he kept, like, kicking at him and stuff, and Grimm, Grimm does this thing where he gets his foot stuck on the top rope, and then the dude hits him with a neck breaker. And he had his foot stuck, and the dude starts just kicking him in the stomach and punching him and everything. And Grimm's like, neck breaker, neck breaker. And it got to the point where I could hear it. So if I can hear it, I know somebody else can. But the guy just wasn't picking it up. Usually Grimm's really good working on the fly. It wasn't on him, but it didn't look seamless because the other guy was so worried about the match and what spot was next that he had forgot and couldn't keep up. See if you remember this one. Should be easy if you if you watch the match. It was a... Uh... So this match had a couple mess-ups, and nobody even noticed, or they didn't even care because the match itself was so good, was uh, Cody versus Dustin. Oh, yeah. Like, there was a couple of spots that they messed up on, but it almost looked like they did it on purpose. Yeah, yeah, that match, for example, um, I really feel like, yeah, of course you mess, I mean, like, sometimes you mess up, but they felt, they they played off each other so well, and they knew each other so well, that it went to a, a different way, if you will. It didn't look like it was a mess up. It kind of looked like it looked like it was part. It looked like yeah, exactly. It was part of the fight. Right, exactly. So yeah, that match is one of the one of my tops, definitely in the top of last year, and still one of my top five favorites, probably. So, what's the best match you've seen um, in your promotion One CW that you would like to tell people to check out? Ooh, uh, best match. Um. Match in general, probably it would have to be the Hitman Pryor, Mr. Grimm versus Dan Ma versus Joe Gacy. And that was at the H2O building uh, last March. And I just felt the match had everything. It had comedy. It had a lot of seriousness. It had big moves. It had dives. It had everything. I think that by far was probably altogether the best altogether match. Um, if you followed from the beginning of the of a start until last September, it was a full year. Um, if you follow that story, I felt our war games meant a lot that we did, but you have to be up on the story and know the whole story for everything to make sense. Makes sense, yeah. Um, I, I, I love this kid. Like, I know he works in different companies, but I, I'm, I was down at, um, DCW in Maryland, uh, whatever they want to call it down there. Mary Del Delaware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I call it Maryland or something. I don't know. <laughs> It's a weird, weird place down there. I, I, I think I became hickish for a minute. I don't know. <laughs> I, I grew up ten minutes from there. Watch out, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're cool. I like you. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But um, there's a character named Hobo Harry, and I think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He actually used to legitimately work for me at my company I work at years ago. He worked for me. Oh really, dude? I love his Hobo Harry gimmick. And I really yeah, want to. I really want to see a storyline with him being like, um, like um, trading places. Him becoming champion, and then the other person he wrestled that was champion lose everything, and he becomes a bum. That'd be fun you, to watch. You need. You need to run that. You need to run that to him. Yeah. There was somebody else that actually mentioned it to him. He was like, "That's a really good idea. You need to tell him about it." I, I would. I would like to say so much stuff right now, but I'm not. I'm gonna diverge from that and just say. That'd be really cool for him. Yeah, I, I, there's, there's other ideas, and I, I don't know. I, I'm a weird person. I like, I like stories. No, 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 no. I'm not saying about that. Just, yeah, yeah. I, I totally like it for him. He's a really good kid. 
and he works really hard on himself. Yeah, like the, like I would, the whole idea was like to shave him up a little bit, make him look like he's rich now, and have him wearing he's a suit. A he's got a second gimmick too that's really good. If you ever check it out, I think he runs it at Totem Pro, which yeah. is his training school. Yeah, he was telling me about that. Yeah. 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 So. I like I like the character, like um, Mr. Ola has a great character. Oh yeah, definitely, Mr. Ola is one of the best ever. On the Indies, like, I really <laughs> Yeah, we're supposed to go on lunch sometime soon at Stanley's. <laughs> yeah, when 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 we all gotta stay stay uh, sanitized. <laughs> okay, if you oh hold on okay. um, so the. The one match you were talking about when you were like, you know, you have to follow the storyline and everything, that it actually kind of uh, reminded me of another question. So, um, not trying to get back to WWE, they're just like the easiest example, like about how when people say, so when you see a storyline develop and everything, and a lot of people are like, you know, sometimes it doesn't, like, they don't really build up to it long enough. It's kind of like, okay, you, you, you guys have been feuding for three weeks, now you're going to have the blow-off match, like, you know, but... Um, what, what are the biggest difficulties about long-term booking? Because one of the things that, one, one of the things that, uh, they did with in NXT was when they had Tommaso Ciampa and they had Giant Gargano and they had a really long drawn out, like it was, it went on for like almost a year and like they were about to have their blow off match and then Ciampa got injured. So is like, is that something that does get kept in mind is like you know how long do we do this because of the possibility somebody might get injured or is that kind of a case of like if it happens then we'll just go from there um so basically what i do is this i run three i run two small stories so that's two small stories will last from show to show tops like you know start at one show end at the next show um three medium stories that are of a three show uh start so it'll start at one show hit a climax end at the next show and then I do one story that lasts anywhere from six months to a year. The one story that I last six months to a year, I put multiple pieces in. Like, right. Uh, so, like, for example, we had a stable versus the company. It was the Now Era, which was my stable, me, Miles Grimm, uh, Gillian McMurphy, and a couple others, um, O'Shea Edwards and Nelson Bauer versus the company. And we went to a War Games. We ended up winning a War Games. We won the power. And what we did was we diverted another group off of us. So Killian and Nelson left our group and started their own little group because we didn't do what they thought we should do. So like the NWO to the Wolfpack? Kind of, kind of. Um, yeah, let's, let's go with that. It's close to that. So we then became faces because we didn't want to run. So it's like, you know, people get tired. And once you become that cool heel, you want to go face. So people were cheering for Miles. People were cheering for Grim. People were cheering for me. But they weren't cheering for Killian. They weren't cheering for Nelson. So we just flipped it. And we became the baby faces. They became the heels. And now we'll be running that story until whenever the virus is done and we can finally put a blow off to this whole story. <laughs> okay, what's the best advice they um has anybody that told you what's the best advice? Yeah, what's the best advice? Yeah. What's the best what's advice the best that anybody's advice? ever given you as far as um running a company in, in, or in the business and outside of the business? In the business, there's friendships and there's business, and there's a line between them, and you have to understand that line and use that line all the time. There are a lot of guys I'm friends with 
that I don't book. There are a lot of guys I'm friends with that I do book. There's a line that we're good. This, uh, I'll shoot straight. Um, there was a show in December that me and one of my best friends got into a huge argument after the show to the point where he was like, I just won't work here anymore. And I was like, I understand your frustration. I did what I felt was best. You feel it wasn't the best move? Fine. And this is where we'll cut our losses then, I guess. I really don't know. We've worked it out the next day. I'm one to always try to let cooler heads prevail. But in that moment, we weren't cool. But I had to keep that we're business and friends. Right now, we're in a business setting. And this is what was supposed to happen. And you're not doing it. So that line has to be drawn. Um, That is probably one of the hardest things I see with promoters all the time. And I'll shoot straight. A lot of people say, oh, Carlson puts his friends over. Yes and no. I put guys over I can trust. You know, I, I'm not super good friends with Sage or, uh, or yeah, Sage Matthews or uh, Alan Clayball. I'm not super good friends with them, but I trust them because they've always done me right. Um, I was never super tight with Jason Andrews, but I trust him, so I put him over for a title. I think a lot of people don't understand the business and friendship thing, and a lot of people book their friends top, which, hey, it's your company. Do what you want but I start seeing the fans see through it and then kind of like shit on it where we more or less put people in positions that we trust and uh, business and friendship. And then outside of the business, my best advice I was ever given was uh, don't be a fucking douchebag. <laughs> that's, how, that's, that's actually on our Facebook page. One of the, one of the rules, don't be a douchebag. Yeah. But I am DB, meaning I'm a douchebag. Oh you're, oh, you're just playing the heel. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you have any fears that will totally screw up a wrestling show? Or? Uh, coronavirus. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, my biggest fear is something uh, seriously happening one of the talents. Um, you know, a serious injury. Yeah. Uh, that could kill, you know, people coming to your show. That could kill the momentum, people working together. There's a lot to it. So my biggest fear is definitely, you know, uh, something serious, serious happening um, out in the ring. You're, you're a promoter. And um, I have a question. Like, what happened back in um, 99 with Owen Hart falling from the ceiling? So if something like that happens, would you go on with the show or would you um, stop it and end it and apologize to the crowd? I don't think I could go on. I, I mean, you're looking at two. This isn't apples to apples, I guess. Let me say you're talking about a multi-million dollar company to a couple thousand dollar indie show. Yeah. Um, we're gonna be like, hey guys, some serious shit happened. You guys gotta exit the building. Um, call our number tomorrow if you have an issue with refund or whatever. We'll talk then. Um. You know, a multi-million dollar conglomerate, they got to do what's best for the company. And they felt running the show was best for the company. Um, Good, bad, or indifferent. Where us, you know, our first thing would be, let's get this guy, make sure everything's good, let's do what we can for him. I think that's one of the uh, things that people don't really keep, I mean, keep in mind. Uh, I mean, obviously, like, when you have something tragic happen, like, you know, it's like, I mean, this... Trying to trying to find a trying to find an example that's not nearly as uh, bad as somebody dying. Um, 
Okay, so so for example, the the whole thing about, the whole thing with WrestleMania, how they might cancel that because of the coronavirus, and like and some people are like, oh, they need to cancel. Others are like, well, it's not Vince McMahon, like you know, like he's the type of person I'll just push through all this stuff. But it's like, you can't really put yourself in the same shoes as somebody that has as much money as he has. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we have a show, a joint showdown in WrestleMania, and I think we're gonna make a decision this coming weekend if we're gonna run it or not and to be honest with you even if wrestlemania runs i'm on the fence of just not running it because if a lawsuit happens i can't afford to pay somebody's pain and suffering um you know what i mean i'm not trying to lose everything i have um because you can sue for anything anymore and i think that's one of the biggest things people aren't thinking of um when they're running shows right now i mean i get it you're trying to like do stuff like oh i'll just run a show i don't care I'm more scared of lawsuits that could happen if you run a show and somebody were to get sick Um, because you're breaking state of emergency laws with the number of people that are there. You're breaking a lot of laws and fans can sue for that. And I mean, you never know in this crazy world what's going to happen. And uh, unfortunately the power of the dollar is the scariest thing. Yeah. I have an old question. Do you have any pet peeves in the business? Uh, Yeah, I, I have a few. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves is from a promoter standpoint is when you decide to work multiple promotions in the same state and then you change your character and your ideas per show. For example, if you're working at one place and feuding with that person, you don't go to another show 15, 20 minutes away and you're teaming up with them. Um, you know, you're just screwing over both promotions at that point. And if another booker wants you to do that, clearly say no. And if they're like, there's nothing else, sometimes look at yourself and wonder if you are doing this for you or you're doing this for the money. Because if you're really that hard up for a show that you have to team with the guy that you're feuding with and you're going to screw both promotions up and confuse a lot of the same fans. Because let's be honest, indie fans kind of travel to their shows like that in the same state. Um, and you're not confusing them more or less as you're killing the whole idea of what's going on. You know, how can I buy into this real story if you're teaming up 20 minutes down the road at another show every other month? It, it's so, got it's got to be something that works for all parties involved. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. 100% agree with that. Um, I think what, what I mean is a lot of guys will take bookings and be like, well, I need to work. I'd rather you see you try to go to another state and work than kill stories of two companies because that's what you're doing. Um, yeah. These bookers who think it's funny, it's not. It's stupid. And anybody who's like, oh, yeah, I can do this because I'm a booker, you just look like an asshole. You know? Yeah. You really do. You really do. Like, um, because we're talking about it earlier, WWE scripted and you can't buy into it. Well, if WWE scripted and you can't buy into it and you're going to the indies because that's where the real stuff is and you're going to two companies and one's got these dudes in a blood feud where they're about to fight in a crazy match and then at the other show they're best friends, how the hell are you going to buy into it? That's true. Yeah, that's just bad business for everybody. and uh, <laughs> It's one of the things that... I, I said this to you before, that I think all the promoters should talk to each other and get along. It, trust me when I say this, that would be a great thing for about a week. Because there are too many egos and bullshit in this business. And that's coming from a guy who's seen all sides of it at this point, that... Nobody can get along. No companies can get along because everybody feels they're the best. You can draw 20 fans and you'll think you're the best. There's a company that ran two shows 
and they ran one show and sold 20 tickets. And I was on the first show. That's why I'm saying the story. They ran two shows. The first show, they sold 23 tickets. The second show, they sold one. Uno tickets. Uno. Like single one single ticket. Mm-hmm. What show would you say is the better show? Before you see either footage, what show would you say is the better show? The one with more I'm tickets asking. sold. <laughs> right, because yeah. it sold more tickets. But he swears to God that the show, the other show, was the better show. Well, if it was so goddamn good, how come nobody wanted to buy tickets to it? Yeah, that's where so, you need to. That's where you need to put a Godfather in the in the middle, and everybody has to the work together. Then? I mean, but, I can go all day with this. Trust me. I would love people to get along and, and work together in this business, but there's so many yeah. bullshit states. There's so many egos. There's so many, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. This, that, and the third. Like there's eight promotions in our little state of Delaware, right? Is there's there? Eight. Two, uh, like seven of them only, or hold on, five of them only run three shows a year tops. But if they're at a show, they're like, oh, gee, I'm a promoter. I, I run this company. Is it a company? Because, I don't think it's a company. You just do spot shows every now and then. There's eight. Um, oh, I'm just confused. There's you you piqued his interest because he thought he knew everything about Delaware. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I yeah, thought there's... there was. A, I already thought there was only four. Yeah. I, I um, thought ECWA. I thought Retro Pro. Right. Right Coast Pro. Thank you. Right. Um, you guys and DCW. And then you got Rampage used to run in Delaware. It's, they're supposedly still running in Delaware, but I don't know. You got PPW that runs every now and then again Delaware, but they haven't ran in a year. But they used to run every three, like once every three months. And their stories still matter supposedly. And then you got um, main event wrestling that ran one show that I ended up taking their venue because they screwed the firehouse over on money. Oh, um, there's another company I can't even think of the name of that the dude used to run a show every now and then, and now he doesn't run shows anymore. So I mean I could go on and on about the bullshit that goes on in independent wrestling and guys that think they matter that they don't. Yeah. Um. Like, DCW, for example, I have nothing against DCW. Um, I think they are a good company. Um, I think, and I'm not shitting on anybody when I say this, I think that they have a lot of good pieces. They're just not putting them together. And that's just my opinion. I'm, I'm, I don't know, but I'm just saying what I feel. Yeah, you um, always have opinions. It's, it's yeah, all right. I mean, other people might think they're doing the best work in the world, so I'm just saying my opinion. I think they're... ECWA is on a good turnaround for what they are doing. I think ticket sales are good turning around for them, which is great. I know they had a big overhaul, so I'm glad to see that. Um, because business, if business is good for a couple companies, business is good for everybody. Yeah. So um, I think a lot of people, a lot of fans don't understand that. Um, a lot of good fans, let me replace. A lot of good fans don't understand. All it takes is one bad show to kill off some fans, and they're done. And what That's I mean true. is, I've had fans come to, like, I've had fans, I've seen, like, not fans, but people that are like, yeah, I used to go to independent shows, and I'm like, oh, man, you should come check ours out. Nope, went to a couple shitty ones, and I'll never go again. That shit's stupid. Well, (laughs) give us a try. We're better. Nah, I'd rather not, because I went to this show, and it was so god-awful bad that I'll never go to another one. So there's so much bad wrestling that sometimes good wrestling can't survive. And I think that's what happened to me at one point. Yeah, and I mean, there's a promoter in PA named Chris Sutton. I'm not a big fan of his, but um, I went to some of his shows and I'm like, wow, this is just horrible. Good, good wrestlers on the card, but I just thought it was just horrible, and I'm like, ah, I really don't want to come back here again. Yeah, it's all it takes is one bad thing to happen, and it turns a lot of people sour. Here's uh, 
here, here's a question going back to when you were talking about when there's like, uh, t- say two wrestlers that kind of work with each other on uh, multiple promotions. Um, I, I don't know off the top of my head, this like maybe maybe you can get some help with this. Have there ever been any times where it's kind of like, okay, um, you guys are feuding with each other and this promotion realizes that and so the next promotion that they might work together with, they they kind of they kind of work around. It's kind of like a multi uh, promotion feud, I guess, that just kind of runs through different companies. Oh, like is there uh, ever a case where like promoters are kind of like, okay, we understand what these guys are going for, so we'll try to just work with that. I have worked with talent if they reach out to me and go, hey, I'm doing this over here, and that's going back to what I said earlier. Hey, I'm doing this over here, so I can't do that here. And I'll say okay, and I'll make it work because I've already booked both talents. Um, but I've never had the point where I'm like, oh yeah, I want to run the same feud that's going in this company, unless that company's reached out to me and is like, hey, you know, we have a traveling title, we'd like to bring our feud to your place. How can we do it? Something like that. But as far as like feuds go, I don't think really it becomes so hard to work with other people and i don't mean that in the wrong way but um for example if you're running a show and i'm running a show right and you have a story with the one guy in the feud and i have a story with the other guy in the feud and what i want to go over what you want to go over it becomes kind of uh jacked up a little bit i guess and you don't really know which way you can go with it i used to run um, a title that traveled and the reason I stopped doing it is because I had no control over it. Yeah. I couldn't say this guy can't, uh, this guy's losing tonight or this is happening. This is happening because they had it already set up at another show for what's happening next. So, so it kind of becomes like a, a logistical nightmare. Yeah. Because you try to wrap your card on like, you're doing this, this and this, or you're doing this, this and this, and you want to do it in order. And sometimes you can't have the finish that, Oh, this would suit best for us. Well, I can't have that finish because it doesn't work in my card. Right, right. So, so it all just depends on what you're doing, really, honestly. I think it could work, but you have to have everybody all in and be focused on it and not let it be a secondary. It has to be the main shot. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like when... Uh, that, that's why it's extremely rare when we see, like, the... Uh, we've, we've, see, we've seen this a couple of times, like... Um, what was it, like, CZW versus, like, ROH or whatever. Like, the very few times they would actually run things like that is because promoters, I mean, it's it's guys that just work together and say, okay, um, this will make us both lots of money, (laughs) like, if we do this right, so. Is there there any independent wrestlers that you haven't booked yet that you really, really want to book? Huh. Um... Yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't. Uh, there's Andre, Action Andretti in MCW. He just became out there. I'd really like to book him. He seems really good. Um, John Davis from uh, Florida. Okay. He's a monster. He's working for us in, at the WrestleMania show if we do it, or if we do it that week, which is a Thursday night. Um, you know, Colby Carino. I booked these guys. They just have something's happened and they haven't came out. Saeed Abbasov. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think. Snoop. Um, I can't. He's in MLW. Uh, Snoop. Uh, Snoop Strikes. I'd okay. like to book him. I'd like to book him. Um, 
mean, I, I definitely have my eyes on a lot of people. What's your What's your opinion on uh, Brian Pillman Jr.? Love that dude. Love it. Love him. Love him. <laughs> um, I just think he's so talented, and he's he's gonna get there. I really do believe that. I have, I have a um, story about him. Um, Here we go. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, um, I was up in Magic, um, in Jersey, North Jersey and all, and he soiled himself. And, um, the fans noticed it all already, and he went in the back, and, um, he was back there with Drew Blood, and Drew Blood saying, oh my gosh, he was, like, into, like, have, he shit him his pets. He marked like, it, yes. he marked out because he crapped himself. <laughs> he was, like, happy, he was telling me. It was, like, the best thing that ever happened to him. But what happened after he came out, he had different tights on. Yeah, he had different tights on in the, um, in the Rumble. And the fans just chanted, "Where's your tights? Where's your tights?" <laughs> and he's in the ring, just dancing to the, "Where's my tights?" And I was like, "This is great!" So he became one of my favorite wrestlers. <laughs> That's awesome. See, I mark out easily. Yeah, there was a, so so at that point in time, that always became kind of a, a running question. That that's it's a little off and on these days, where it's like you know, oh, have you ever like, have you ever crapped yourself in the ring and. For the most part, positive responses, but there's been a couple, like, at least one or two that were just like, don't ask that question anymore. No, that was already Dave Dahl. Oh, yeah, Dave Dahl said that. He was like, don't ask that question anymore. Oh, wait a second. And uh, Chris Levin was like, don't ask me that during during the interview. Yeah, he, but I asked him if that was cool or not. But, that's but, funny. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a fun story. Like, what, was, was, what was Crime Time's reaction? Crime Time, oh, my gosh. Matt Crime Time, they're like, Dave Dahl's like, oh, go ahead, tell him, the, tell him the question. I was like, um, have you ever sold yourself in a match? And they're like, yes, we did. That's the greatest question ever. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. And Dave Dahl's face is like, what? Oh, okay, go ahead, ask the question. <laughs> and they told me the story about them and Matt Morgan in the ring, farting up the whole ring. And <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> they stink the whole OVW. I think it was OVW or FCW, but it was kind of funny. There was there was one time when um, it was it was like before one of the interviews when I was talking to uh, Mark Haskins on Facebook and he was, and I, I said yeah so Dave keeps like asking all these people about if they ever crap themselves and like the the answer that he gave was he was like. I never crapped myself in the ring. There was one time where I did have to take a shit during a tag match. So basically, when I was on the outside of the ring, I went to the backstage, took a dump, came back in, and got the tag. <laughs> That's great. Uh, has that ever happened to you when you're managing a match that someone nope. needed to go? No? Nope. That's not happened to me yet. Not yet? Not yet. Has there, or how about this one? Has there ever been a time where, and this, and, and a couple of people have mentioned this too, where it's like, Somebody before a match might have like had like one too many energy drinks or something like that, and they're like, "Yeah, my stomach is kind of." Don't hit me with any really hard slams this match. It might not go too well. I have heard that in Gorilla once or twice, but I mean, nobody's done it yet. As on a show I booked, nobody's done it yet. Jimmy Conway's thrown up twice, but nobody's done it the other way yet. <laughs> hey, he's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. <laughs> um, do you, um, okay. Um, I like to call this back in time. Would you um, go back in time and start over again? Do this would all over I, again? Would Do I it? go back in time and start over again? Yeah. If if you know now or... Uh, Where you're going to be at and would you go back in time and start all over again? Yes. Yes, I would. 
And is there anything that you would do differently, or would you be like, if everything stayed the same, it's all good? Well, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Wrestling has given me so much, and I mean that legitimately. Um, literally, my two best friends I got through wrestling, and my girlfriend I got through wrestling. So wrestling has given me so much that, honestly, I'll take it all through again. Um, uh, when I got into wrestling, I was in a shitty marriage. I got married super young. I was in a shitty marriage, and because of wrestling, I got divorced. And through wrestling, I met my two best friends, and I met the girl that I'm with now, who is an amazing woman. So if I got to right here where I'm at now, all around in my life, I'll take that journey every day. If, uh, oh, hold on a second. This, this is something that you always like to ask about. So if you could have yourself a table of five, you and four other people, who would it be? Eddie Guerrero. Dusty Rhodes, Jim Crockett, Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff. Yeah, Eric Bischoff had a good mind, yeah. Yeah, that would be an awesome table right there. I I always argue back and forth that Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff are, besides Vince Mann, are the two smartest people that have been in wrestling. Okay. Um, I mean, Jeff Jarrett, Jesus Christ, he sold TNA twice, basically. (laughs) I mean, any man who can sell something to a person, make something else, and sell that to them too. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus Christ, give him an award. Here's yeah, here's I, a, I, I, I will put Paul Heyman up there too. Here's actually yeah. Here's two people that come to mind. They always have like polarizing uh, opinions about them. Is uh, Paul Heyman and Jim Cornette? I love Heyman. I can't. I've been blocked by Cornette. On every Twitter I've ever had. <laughs> um, he does not like me. Um, he's just so hateful. And I know that's a stick anymore. But he's just so hateful that it's like, all right, bro, we get it. You hate everything. Like, if it's not, like, he shits on all this flippy shit. But if some dude does a 10-count punch in the corner, he's, like, jerking off. But if I punch somebody in the head ten times and they're not bleeding or busted open or there's no DNA, I'm a, I'm a pussy. So at the same time, the shit he's shitting on, I'm like, there's a lot of shit from your time that's shit on too. So I, I see I the know. stuff that I hate that Cornette says, but I'm a Cornette fan. But some of the stuff I do hate when he talks bad about Joey Ryan, I think Joey Ryan has a nice um skit. You know what I mean? I think Orange Cassidy's amazing. But he shits on these guys. Uh, or um, if they're a gay wrestler, he shits on them. You know what I mean? And it's 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 horrible. Oh. Yeah, he, he just has a shitty disposition, I guess. I don't know. If there's one person that you ever want to get an argument with on social media and not worry about getting blocked, it is Paul Heyman. Because, <laughs> so, my friend one time, I don't know... I don't know exactly how this conversation came up, but one of my best friends, he just seemingly gets into arguments out of nowhere he got an argument with uh, Paul Heyman on, on Twitter one time, and it was like a good back and forth. And I was like, dude, you're having an argument with Paul Heyman, and I can tell that he's actually kind of kind of not happy with you right now. And he said, yeah, whatever you do, don't ever mention those magic words. Bounced checks. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and but then after that, but then he was like, but dude, I didn't get blocked by him. And, and I said, yeah, that's surprising. Like, there was... You ever get blocked by anybody online where you're just kind of like, why did this even happen? And then maybe like a couple times, like there was one time before 
where I got blocked by Shawn Michaels. And I was like, I don't even remember saying anything bad about Shawn Michaels. And then when I started going through my tweets, I was like, oh, there was a joke about his lazy eye. My bad. Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty well spoken about it. If I, if I say some shit, I know why I'm blocked. I guess. <laughs> I got blocked by Cody Rhodes. Are you going? Are you going? Are you going to tell a story? Oh, you want me to tell it? Yes. So, <clears throat> Matt Trema called out Cody Rhodes. So I asked him, I was like, "Hey, um, Cody, will you wrestle Matt Trema, or are you chicken? Because we know your dad will had jumped right into it already." And he blocked me for bringing up his dad. He said, "Thanks for bringing up my dad," yeah. and that was it. So you kind of, you kind of, you kind of hit a soft spot there, man. Yeah, I got it. And he unfriended me. He, he like, no, he, no, he he unblocked him. So it was just kind of a case of like, yeah, he called me at a bad time. There was there was a lot of times when that's happened before. Like I remember, <laughs> there was this one time. It was before CM Punk had his uh, MMA match with uh, Mickey Gall. And, um, so I said something like, oh, Ryback, uh, Ryback gave, uh, should give Mickey Gall some, uh, advice about kicking Punk in the ribs. And I thought that CM Punk would block me for that, but actually Ryback did, so. <laughs> I, th- I thought Val Venus blocked me, but he didn't. Oh, my gosh, Val Venus is insane. No, oh, like, God. Val Venus was talking about transgenders in the wrestling match winning the title oh my god so and he brought he brought something up and and he goes it's not real then then why are you worrying about it then and he never wrote back after that oh yeah (laughs) did you say something like well wrestling matches aren't real so what's the issue yeah it was kind of like it was kind of like uh saying dude you made a career off being a fake porn star so why are you so worried about everything (laughs) and i wrote that and he never wrote back anything and i just like Oh, is he going to write back or is he just, because I, I did all that when I'm Ubering and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, he's not going to write back now, but okay, cool. Yeah. Still waiting for his message to come back. He's, he's, uh, he, you called him when he was, uh, smoking, smoking some, uh, too much. Oh, he's big ad, big advocate for that stuff lately. Is there any, um, any any like other wrestlers or uh, people that you follow online as far as like podcasting goes? Um, not really, man. I I mean, I listen to Conrad Thompson's podcast, and uh, uh, honestly, man, I like taking a break from wrestling. I get so much of it that sometimes, honestly, I don't even want to listen about it or talk about it or or watch it even because it's just it takes up so much of your life that you're like, I need a I need a break. I need to decompress from it. So I try to. Stay away from some stuff. I tell Dave about this all the time. That like I, I remember. Okay, so we have a, we have another host uh, that that hasn't stopped over that often lately, and um, and it was it was our buddy Jamak and I. We were waiting at my house, and Dave was on his way over, and and I looked at Jamak and I said, I guarantee you, the very first thing that Dave is going to do when he comes in, he's going to talk about some great interview that we have lined up. So Dave walks in, and he's like, oh, dude, guess what? And I was like, see, what did I say? He just walked in. He didn't even say, how's it going? He was like, dude, I got our next podcast. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And wasn't it? It was Bryce, wasn't it? Huh? I got you, Bryce, from AEW. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. It it was. But at the same time, 
it, it, so it's funny, like, as far as what, what we're trying to do whenever we set these up is the fact that, like, some of the people, they're just so, like, Bryce was cool as shit because, I mean, you just randomly message and see if he was free or available, and he was. Yeah. So, like, how some people are very open to, like, yeah, I'll talk to anybody if they're interested, and the others, a little more difficult, but we're getting there. Yeah, we'll just have to, it all works out. One step at a time. I keep telling him, I say, dude, I not not that this guy is like, oh my god, this is gonna be a great find, but I keep telling him, I said, we need to get an interview with Bill Alfonso. I really want to know what's in his mind. I can, I can put you in contact with him if you want. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yes. Yeah, I'll put you in contact with a guy that can get you in contact with him. Okay. Yeah, like like one of our one of our friends was mentioning a few people. He said, here's a random one. He was like, dude, you need to talk to a if you ever. Some of the people on on Facebook though are so are so open that you don't even need to interview them because they basically tell you everything on Facebook. Like yeah. like one of them is uh Duke the Dumpster. Like oh my god, the stories that he talks uh, about. He's the man. Or uh who else is there? Marty Janetti. He's crazy. Like <laughs> there was one time when there was one time on face on um when I was checking my phone and I looked and I said I got a missed phone call and then I checked who it was. I was like why did Marty Gennetti try calling me on Facebook? Like he must have he must have hit the call button by accident. I was like, oh, God. You should have called him back. I think I I think I did try calling him back. Yeah, I was I was like, dude. Right. I was like, dude. I missed your call. Call me back. <laughs> That's crazy. Like we we um we had um interviews with Miles, Tim Taylor, Grim already, and out of the. Who else out of one CW should we go after that might have some uh, good stories? Killian McMurphy. Uh, oh, we had Killian Jason, too. Jason Andrews is a good one. Um, I think he has a lot of good backstory you'd like. Um, AK Willis would be a really cool one. I, talked, I just talked to him. Those guys would be super dope um, to talk to them about their gimmick and everything. Just to talk to them about their gimmick would be super dope. Yeah, we did. we did one with Killian. And yeah, we, yeah. we asked him for his love story with Sonny. Tell us how it started. Oh, Kill, <laughs> Killian was a great interview. Oh, my gosh. Killian's a man. Dude, amazing. Because, like, our friend Dave Keener, you know um, his brother Mike. <laughs> He's like, oh, dude, we got I got you Killian McMurphy. And I'm like, who's he? I had to look him up. Because, like, I'm learning these guys already, too. And I'm like, okay. And, and I got to meet him. I, th- I was like, this guy's awesome. I want to hang out with him. Yeah, Killian's so dope. Killian's yeah. so dope. If you all ever get to talk to him again, um, so he basically we're like his closest hometown, and his parents finally came to a show. Not finally came to a show, but came to a show, and I got to meet his mom, and I was like, you have raised such a great young man. And he told me at the last show, he's like, yo, you almost made her cry, dog. And I was like, <laughs> no, that's my job. <laughs> but... Yeah, man. Well, I I totally appreciate the interview, guys. I really do. Yeah. Oh, it's um. Hold on, a second. Like, uh, before we wrap things up, is there um, is there for anybody that wants to follow you on? Sorry, I'm tongue tongue tied. For anybody that wants to follow you on social media, is there any um Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook uh, message? Um, Instagram is Big Money Mark underscore Carlson. Twitter at se Carlson two. Uh, Sean Carlson on Facebook and the One CW Wrestling page. Oh my gosh, I totally we're just chatting and I totally forgot we were like doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, I know. I was like, 
my girlfriend just cut me a really dirty look and she's like, are you still on the phone? And I'm like, oh shit, I kind of forgot I'm, we're podcasting. <laughs> tell, tell her, like, uh, yeah. We are sorry. We're sorry, but there is, however, one more thing before we go that Dave likes to tell everybody. No, you guys, you guys are good. You guys got to hear this. Like, you guys want breaking news on your podcast? Okay. Um, she took a pregnancy test earlier and I'm pretty sure that shit came back positive because she's got it in her hand and she's waiting for me to get off the phone. Oh, oh shit. So, Oh but my I'll God. tell you one thing before you get off. When you come on to the Instagram now, it's going to be um, the 10 network. Um, you become family, so welcome to the family. And can't wait to make sure that's a great story. And if it comes up, <laughs> congratulations, man. Yes, yes, congrats. <laughs> that's one way to say it. Okay. Um, I, this, this is Dean I Richards. I just want to say, you guys do such a great job, too. Like, I can't, I can't put you guys over enough. You guys work so hard on this, and... There needs to be more guys like you out there that work so hard to put independent guys out there even more. So thank you guys. I don't know if anybody sincerely thanks you guys, but sincerely thank you guys. Oh, thank you. So let's end this fast. I'm D.B. Richards. This is Fran along with our guest. You can say your name. What? Oh, say your name. <laughs> Sean Carlson. There Sean we go. Sean Carlson. Oh. All right. This has, been, this has been a good episode. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Congrats. See ya.